Welcome to the Title Town Times, where we bring you everything coming out of 1265 Lombardi. We're on a short week this week as the Packers play tomorrow after just playing this past Sunday, and this time they take on the, albeit injured, still we shouldn't overlook them, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, my name is Nicholas Fargo, and with me is my co-host, Robert Martin. What's going on, Packer Nation? Yep, game day again. It feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah, we're on a short week. The Eagles are coming to town, and we're looking to uh, close out this quarter of the season 4-0, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Um, what is your opinion on Thursday night games in general? You know, football is a violent game, and it takes it takes bodies two, three days to recover. So I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the Thursday night game. It's a quick turnaround, and uh, I think it puts players at risk. Um, but I know that they enjoy the extended bye after it. True. I do know that players have voiced their opinions about Thursday night football for sure, especially in the players' union. Yeah, I, I don't think the players are in favor of it. Like I said before, it it takes a lot to get these bodies back. I mean, they're they're going through multiple, uh, almost like car collisions, if you will, during a game. And when they're done, uh, bodies are sore. It takes a long time to recover. Yes, and I think what we should expect in this game versus the Eagles, um, possibly a dumbed down playbook. Not dumbed down, but shortened to the point where we're using the plays that we know can work instead of being more experimental like we would be on Sundays. Yeah, and you know, the last time that uh, the Packers really uh, showed a little bit on their offense uh, was that first quarter against Minnesota. And a lot of folks thought that that was because of the script that Matt LaFleur had laid out. So I'm actually kind of excited to maybe even skim down the book to see if you know, we run things that we know we can execute well, and, and hopefully our offense just gets a little bit uh, more on track. Yes, and the Eagles are coming in very hurt right now. Um, apparently, Alshon Jeffrey will be playing for them, but Deshaun Jackson is doubtful. And outside of Alshon, um, I know that they do have Nelson Aguilar, but you never know if he's going to be dropping passes that night or what. Um, yeah, it looks like the Eagles are coming in pretty hampered. Yeah, they're banged up for sure. And I know that uh, even though Jeffrey's playing, it sounds like, I mean, how how effective is he going to be? And, and surely he's not 100%. So it doesn't bode well for the Eagles. Um, Deshaun Jackson, I believe, is out for another week here. So it looks like they're going to come in a little less than a full force for us, which is never a bad thing. Right. And their offensive line is also banged up. Both of their top two left tackles are out. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the NFL and, and the lack of depth, if you will, I mean, can you imagine uh, them already being on their third string left tackle by week four? I mean, that's that's brutal. That's insane. Hope I, I mean, I never wish injury on anybody, but it bodes well for this defensive line. Yeah, our, our guys are going to be able to pin their ears back. And again, we're at home again. We've got this um, front-loaded home schedule, so it's uh, imperative that we start fast, which obviously we have so far. So um, really nice to rack up some of these home wins because uh, it gets brutal later on. Yes, and one thing that I have noticed um, due to these injuries, I and there are injuries on the defensive side of the ball too, it makes me wonder if this is the week that we can really see what this offense can do because um, the defensive backs in Philadelphia are not anything to write home about except for Malcolm Jenkins. Um, But at corner, it looks like they're pretty shorthanded. And on the defensive line, Fletcher Cox is going to be playing hurt. So that's definitely something that could possibly bode well for the Packers offense. 
Yeah, it really could. I look at the uh, Eagles coming in. I want to say they're like 29th or 25th or something like that on the um, defensive backfield as far as passing defense. So they can be thrown on for sure. Um, I know that they do rank pretty high on uh, rush defense. However, like you said, Fletcher Cox isn't Cox is not exactly uh, healthy. So hopefully we get some uh, uh, things rolling with Aaron Jones. It's kind of a slow start to the year. Yeah, slow start for the year for him, but also you got to attribute the fact that we're also giving Jamal Williams carries as well. So um, he did get me uh, 14 points in fantasy, though, so good on Aaron Jones there. Yeah, he found the end zone a couple times, so that was helpful. Yeah, fantasy for sure. Players. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I really think that this offense is going to take a step up here, and I know it's a short week, and honestly... I'm not a fan of Thursday night football, but I do like watching football on the weekend when my, I don't have to worry about the team playing. So uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a it's it's a double edged sword there. It, it is. I you know I like it too. If Green Bay can rack up a, another victory uh, tomorrow night, just imagine being able to sit back on Sunday, relax as all get out, watching teams that you can root against for uh, standing purposes and whatever. I can't believe that a quarter of the season's already over. It's got to be the fastest 17 weeks uh, of the year. Yeah, it must feel faster because it's actually been kind of fun seeing the Packers win. Yes, that too. Yes, um, I think a key to winning this game is keeping their run game in check. I know their run game is still ranked pretty low, but it seems like Carson Wentz, albeit he is a fantastic talent at quarterback, but the clutch factor is kind of in question with him because uh, I looked it up, and he only has four game-winning drives in his whole career. Yeah, Carson Wentz, North Dakota State product. I, I know him very well, followed him throughout his college days, uh, me being from North Dakota. Um, you know, in college, very clutch, very clutch player, but also one of the biggest, strongest players on the field. I mean, he honestly, this guy's a big fella. And the, the difference is when you get to the NFL, uh, some of these guys are not only bigger than him, they're faster and they're stronger. So it's one of those things where some of those physical attributes have kind of taken a, a more even look in the NFL. He can't run around and dance around people and run over people at this level like he could uh, for NDSU. And trust me, he did that. Yeah. Um, and again, he is very talented. And it kind of feels like as I've watched Philadelphia this year that he's kind of put the team on his back because the last game against Detroit, it felt like Detroit was giving them that game. But the Eagles wide receivers that were playing in that game just could not hold on to the ball. I, apparent, I read that there were seven drops in that game they had versus Detroit. Yeah, that's an insane amount of drops, and, and I know one of them was critical. It was in the end zone, and I really feel like he should have come down to that pass. It wasn't, it wasn't that difficult. Right, and uh, I think that uh, Kevin King, even though he had a rough day at the office this past game against Denver, I think he should be able to bounce back this week. Um, the interesting thing to me is who will be matched up against who. I think we're going to match speed for speed and put – uh, possibly Jair on uh, call me crazy but Nelson Aguilar because the speed factor and then Kevin King because he kind of matches in stature being a bigger corner with Alshon Jeffrey it, you know it makes sense I mean it's it's one of those things I think the, the X factor is if we can actually take uh, Ertz out of the game because I, I feel like Correct. he's probably their biggest weapon I mean, I get that Aguilar, uh, Aguilar is, uh, he's a threat with his feet, but he's had a hard time, you know, keeping his hands on the ball and securing it. Um, and 
at the end of the day, I, I look at Ertz as being kind of the guy, if we can limit him, if we can uh, slow down the rushes, uh, attempts, and yards per carry and get off the field, I think uh, time of possession is going to be huge because our yes. offense can't click if they're sitting on the sidelines. Correct. Um, yes, time of possession is going to be a huge factor, and we do need to take Ertz out of the game uh, in order for this to be an easier victory for us. Um so Blake Martinez might have to step up a bit in coverage. Uh, maybe put uh, uh, one of the safeties in there. Um, Ertz is always a huge part of uh, any Eagles game. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. Top three, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And the thing about Ertz that, that's so frustrating when you're uh, a fan of the other team, obviously, is when you know he, he's, not, he's not a burner. He's not going to uh, run by people. Uh, he just finds ways to get it done. He, I mean, he runs routes just good enough. When he gets his hands on the ball, he typically catches the, the football. And he usually falls forward when you hit him. So, I mean, he's one of those guys. He's not uh, super flashy, but uh, I agree with you. I think he's the top three tight end in the league. Yes, behind uh, Kelsey and Kittle, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game should be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rodgers Hopefully, he said that the offense needs to pick up uh, the slack a little bit, and hopefully in the short amount of preparation, they've been able to figure out a game plan in, t- in order to be able to do that. Hopefully, they watch some of that. Uh, hopefully, they watch some tape from their games versus uh, Detroit and also against... Uh, who did they face again? They lost to... Yeah, let me look that up here. Sure. Um, I believe they lost to... Um, they lost to the Falcons with... Uh, that was a... I don't know how I didn't remember that. Usually the Falcons and Eagles games are ones to remember. Um, yeah, Julio that clutch, uh, had a clutch moment there with that long touchdown. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know if you can gauge a game plan from those two games because the Eagles had every opportunity to win those two games, so it's going to be difficult. It, it is going to be difficult for them. You know, I look at Philadelphia. I think the key for them – for victory is they're going to have to run the football. They're going to have to keep our offense on the sidelines. If we get if we get ahead of the Eagles um, and we make them a one-dimensional team where uh, Wentz has to drop back and throw the football 30 times, 35 times, the game's over. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll make that prediction right now. If he makes 35 pass attempts or more, the game is over. Correct. And the Packers have had that luxury of playing ahead for most of this year. I believe the Packers have only trailed one time, and that was in week one when they were trailing three to nothing against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it's been an outstanding run. Uh, again, when the defense can hold uh, teams, and they really tighten up in the red zone. So when they can hold teams to field goals, um, keeping them out of the end zone, I mean, you, you, you got to think with uh, Aaron Rodgers at the helm still. I know that we haven't clicked completely on offense, but if we're in games, uh, man, I like our chances. I do too. And it seems to be. Uh, it seems to have been a lot better ever since Aaron has been wearing that uh, wristband with the plays on it. Um, it seems like he's getting more of this offense. Again, we're scoring more points each week. So 
um, take it as you will. It's all about execution. Yeah, I mean, you got you, you have to execute out there. I think a part of it again. I know that we've brought this up several times, but it's getting that play in on time. It's getting lined up early enough to see where the blitz is coming from. There's nobody better than diagnosing a defense than Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, and knows where to go with the football. When he knows where the blitz is coming from, it's game over. Correct. And his mobility, he still has legs, people. Even though he is uh, uh, 35 going on 36, if I'm correct, I still think that he has that mobility and that vision to be able to diagnose where he needs to put that ball, especially with the, again, shorthanded Philadelphia secondary. Yeah, I, you know, the Eagles are going to have to um, maintain their rush lanes. If uh, he can get outside the pocket a time or two, uh, you always know that he's looking for the big play downfield. He, he's just a, a killer when it comes to that. When he extends a play and gets outside the, the pocket, he's not looking to turn it up. He's looking to throw the ball deep. Um, yeah, so, so let's hope we, uh, we see that a few times. Yes, um, for sure. Uh, yeah, I noticed that on while the Eagles' defensive line is good, I have noticed that Brandon Graham, the Super Bowl hero in Super Bowl 52, uh, that sacked Tom Brady on that last play, he has been kind of non-existent this past year. And I think that if he's matched up against David Bakhtiari, that bodes well for us. It does. Our, our offensive line right now is really gelled uh, in the past game. I mean, again, we just heard Rodgers say it was the cleanest game he's ever had for his jersey. He got hit one time against uh, a Denver club that uh, could you could argue say that sports uh, some of the most fearsome uh, rushers, right, with uh, Chubbs and uh, Miller. And he's getting hit one time. I mean, that's that's insane. So I'm kidding. If our if our O line even puts up even near that performance, um, it should be a good day. Yeah, um, and this will be a big test for Elton Jenkins too, because even though Fletcher Cox is hurt, he's still one of the best defensive tackles in the game. Yeah, he he is, and he he's a disruptive force. Um, Elton Jenkins actually ranks very high in the league for pass protection for the limited snaps he has. I think he's near the top actually for guards. That's- so- yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is that a pro football focus? I, I believe it was, and I did. Who's either number one or number two as far as pass protection with? But obviously, we have limited snaps, but he still held up. So that's fantastic, and to think he played mostly center at uh, Mississippi State. So right. yeah. playing a whole different position and excelling is just fantastic. Absolutely, it is, and it's it's such a refreshing thing to see somebody in that particular position actually holding up because man lane taylor was getting mowed down early this season that was hard to watch and while it's sad that lane taylor's benching became uh became into fruition because of an injury that he sustained it's honestly a good opportunity for elton to get those snaps yeah, it's a great opportunity. I hope the, the kid snatches it and, and runs it. He seems like a good kid for, for everything that I know, and um, he's worked hard to get this opportunity. He's just got to make the most of it now. For sure. Um, anyways, injuries that we've seen, even though this injury list is large, I mean, no key players have missed time. And people look at this injury report, and they notice all of the names on it, and they freak out because it's an injury report. They're supposed to report if there's any discomfort like if they feel like a slight tingle in their knee they have to report that 
Yeah, and Green Bay has been notorious for really following the letter of the law when it comes to injury reports. I think there is some funky business that happens in the NFL, um, aka the Patriots. I think that they they mess their injury report at times. Um, Green, Bay, Green Bay tends to report everything and everything, anything and everything. So if you look at the list, don't panic, Packer fans. I mean, they're reporting every single thing. That's why their list is usually longer. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't know, you know, if, if they're how, the severity. But we're not, we're not inside that locker room. So. And to add to that, like Cam Newton was off of the injury report prior to Week One. He still seems hurt to me. Just my opinion. Well, yeah, and he's been out because of it. So, yeah, for sure. He's got a Lance Frank injury in his foot. Yeah, and I read an article the other day. Calvin Johnson, formerly of the Detroit Lions, of course. Apparently, the Lions told him to downplay a possible concussion that he had. And this is coming from Calvin Johnson himself. So, again, some teams are more honest about their injuries than others. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, so uh, that's being brought up because apparently Zadarius Smith has a knee injury. Uh, I put that in quotes, a knee injury, and it's questionable that he'll play. Um, questionable doesn't mean that like we should panic. If it says doubtful next to it, yes, then it's time to uh, bunker down, put Rashawn Gary in. But uh, questionable is more like there's a slight chance that they won't be able to play. Probable doesn't come into effect until um, game day, I believe. That that's right. And you know, with you mentioned Rashawn Gary, you know he played almost 35, almost 40 snaps this last week, and he did very well. Um, he did. I, I he got his I first sack. That, yeah, he got his first sack and a fumble recovery. I think that. Um, we're going to see an increased workload with Rashawn Gary as we go along. I mean, surely um, he's got a great couple leaders to, to get behind and learn from, but he's shown some flashes and promise and surely he can uh, spell these guys and we could have a nice rotation because a fresh uh, set of legs in that fourth quarter when you need that sack to close the game is huge. Yes, for sure. And while we're talking about our pass rushers, uh, Preston Smith won uh, defensive uh, player of the week for the NFC. With three sacks, five tackles, and two tackles for loss, I believe. Yeah, what what a beast of a performance that was. I mean, he he lived in the backfield, and he's he's so long, and, and he just seems to have a, a nice bend to him as well. So we got ourselves yes. a good one. In fact, all of our free agents that we picked up in, on the defensive side of the ball have really contributed a, a great deal, and they've really changed the face of the entire defense. Well, and we could even say the entire team. So it's really been fun to watch. Money well spent indeed. If only Ted Thompson could have done that, like back when Rodgers was younger, you got to think. Yeah, you, you know, and I, I'm very curious as we go forward, now that we have some young infusion of talent on the defensive side of the ball, and we've got some contracts locked up there. And granted, I, I know that we have Kenny Clark coming up. I know that uh, Blake Martinez is up. Uh, soon, so those I, I, I really think those will get hashed out, but eventually some more resources now to be spent now on the other side of the ball to get Rodgers some weapons. There's a lot of uh, discussion right now about the uh, maybe the lack of weapons beyond Devonte Adams. You know, somebody to grab that uh, wide receiver number two role. I mean, MBS kind of flashes here and there, but um, we need more, frankly, out of him, and, and we also need more out of Geronimo. He's been MIA all season, so I don't know what's going on here, but. Um, I'm kind of again North Dakota boy. I want I want Darren uh, Darius Shepard to get his uh, opportunity. Yes, Darius Shepard, I believe, is talented enough to get his opportunity. And you brought up a good point with Geronimo because 
again, he has been MIA, and he was supposed to be this guy that was poised to have that number two position. In fact, he was having a great year last year until he got hurt for the season. Yeah, he was really on a roll at the end of the year, or yesterday, uh, last year before he got hurt. And um, after he's he's been back, it's just like, where is he? I don't I don't see much of anything. I mean, surely he went up and caught that that great touchdown pass against the Vikings. Uh, he also fumbled the football, but um, just just more consistency, um, uh, some playmaking ability, even if it just means moving the chains. Chains. We just don't we don't need touchdowns every single time. We need to have more plays. Our offense uh, is losing time of possession, which means. Uh, we're not moving the chains. We've been awful on third down, um, which also means that Devontae Adams isn't getting the targets that, that he needs, and that just changes everybody. It changes the whole scope of our effectiveness, honestly. Yes, um, and also Jimmy Graham. I cannot stress how much this more and more as the weeks go by. How much this signing just baffles me. Like I get it. He's a big name. He was great in his heyday, but he's, he's had three touchdowns in two years. That's not going to get it done. Um, his blocking is awful. I noticed he was trying to run block um, this past week, and that just failed miserably. And don't get me started on when they try, when he tried pass blocking for Rodgers against the Vikings, against Daniil Hunter, of all people. Like I, I, I think I said this last show, but... If you're going to need a tight end to block, just put Mercedes Lewis in there. That's his bread and butter. Yeah, Jimmy Graham has really been a disappointment. And, it, you know, it's it's kind of ironic because when you listen to Matt LaFleur talk about Jimmy Graham, you listen to Aaron Rodgers talk about Jimmy Graham, they, they just sing the guy's praises. He's a pro's pro. He works so hard and he's preparing so hard and this and that. But it's not translating to the field. And I don't know what this disconnect is. But it's kind of hard to stomach and listen to. And, and, and again, I, I'm a Matt LaFleur supporter so far. Who couldn't be? Um, Aaron Rodgers, we all know uh, he's the bad man, right? But how can we sit and listen to these guys talk about Jimmy Graham this way? Yet on Sunday, he doesn't do it. There's nothing on the field that shows me that he's got anything left in the tank. And, and to me, it's not so surprising that they talk about him this way because, like, what are they supposed to do with the media? Are they supposed to say that he's been awful? Are they supposed to say that, oh, he's been terrible, that he's a waste of a signing? What's, what's that going to – I'm sure Jimmy Graham's confidence is low enough at this point. I don't think that Rodgers and LaFleur feel like they need to down it even further. No, I agree. I mean, what what you're right. What are they going to say to the media? But one thing that would be nice to hear is, you know, we do need more production from the tight end position. I mean, just in general, because honestly, the tight end position is right now MIA, and we we, we don't we don't allow Tanyan on the field for reps and catches. Mercedes Lewis has caught a couple balls so far this this season, but it's kind of like I watch these other teams and the way they utilize the tight end position, which is. I mean, when you're lining up uh, a tight end who can run a, a 4 6 40, a 4 5 40 against a linebacker who's got to sink his hips and try to backpedal and run with this guy, it's a, it's a mismatch. It's supposed to be a mismatch. Why can't we utilize a tight end? I, 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 th- I think it's a, a missing link in the offense. I think so too. And it's got to make you wonder what it's going to be like when Jay Sternberger is off of IR. Yeah, and maybe he's the guy because, you know, and it takes a long time for tight ends typically to develop in the NFL. There are some exceptions. I mean, I know that Hawkinson and 
um, in Detroit has had a, a good, great start. I think uh, Irv Smith for the Vikings is now showing out a little bit more as well. Um, Jay Sternberger is a different cat. I mean, he's he's uh, his body type's a little bit different, kind of fleet of foot a little bit for his size. I mean, yeah, and he, uh, you know, he might be that that uh, weapon. I hope so because we surely need one. For sure. And even if Sternberger comes alive, I still think that even though it is very early in the college football season or anything like that, I do think that the front office needs to look at the tight ends in this draft class and see what's available. Yeah, I, I, I believe it as well. And next year, I don't envision them having either likely Mercedes or Jimmy Graham. So they are likely going to have to add somebody, especially if they're going to give uh, Tony that next level. Correct. Um, but anyways, what is your score prediction for this game? Or do you have any hot takes from this game? Any predictions? Well, I, I do. You know what? I, I actually think that we're going to get our first 100-yard rusher of this of this football game. I see Aaron Jones, and I know it's against a tough run defense. But I think that uh, we're going to have a different uh, approach at this in this game where our passing game is actually going to set up for our run. And I know that's not like rocket science or anything, but I do foresee Rodgers getting off to a fast start in the past game. And I do think that's going to open up some things and soften up the front for Aaron Jones. I think once he gets in the open field, he's going to have a long one. Um, as far as the score prediction, I've got 31 to 17 uh, Green Bay. Uh, again, keeping another opponent uh, under 20 points. And with our offensive uh, scheme and the, the quarterback that we do have, if we only have to score 21 points and win football games, I like our chances. Yes. Um, for my score prediction, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 28-14. to um, Just, uh, I'm predicting that while we go off to a fast start again, I'm predicting that... Uh, I'm predicting that they'll slow us down a little bit near the end. They'll give us, they'll, because uh, it's just been a trend this season where we start out quick and then uh, we slow it down. And I'm hoping for that it's not that way. I hope we can put our keep our foot on the gas pedal. But as long as our defense is holding them to 14 points, I can't complain. No, it's a it's a different view when you watch these uh, the 2019 Packers, isn't it? I mean, when you got a defense that really uh, gets after it the way they do in the in the pass rush. I mean, I haven't seen a pass rush like this in years. Our back end is phenomenal. Um, actually, arguably one of the best secondaries in the league. Um, if we have a weakness, it might be to cover that tight end once again from a middle linebacker position. I can't even imagine this defense if Oren Burks comes back and takes his game to the next level where he plays fast and he gets the right spots and he's, and he's physical at the point, uh, this defense is just going to be a freak of nature. Yes, no kidding. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm looking forward to Oren Burks getting healthy for sure. Um, if he doesn't get healthy for sure, I know I'm kind of talking about college prospects a little early. I've been noticing this cat at uh, Clemson, Isaiah Simmons. He's a hybrid safety linebacker. I think he can do really well in the league as well. Yeah, you know, I've watched a little bit of him, and he kind of seems like a, a Raven Green that's a little more athletic. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's someone that Packers fans should be looking at right now, for sure, in my opinion. Um, we'll get further on that once the season progresses, though. I know it's very early for any thoughts of who we should draft. Yeah. 
that this is true. Things can change in a hurry. For sure. Um, anyways, this has been the Title Town Times. The game tomorrow is at 8.15, I believe. And that's Eastern Standard Time. Um, hopefully the Packers come out with a victory and we can end this month of September 4-0. Hey, let's finish the quarter uh, 4-0 knowing that uh, we've got some tough games upcoming. I know that uh, Dallas is waiting in the wings uh, after Philly, and uh, that's that's a, a real measure stick game. I know that that's not really our topic of conversation today, but um, I'm surely looking forward to that. If Can you imagine going to Dallas 4-0 against another uh, possibly 4-0 uh, team? Right. Although, also, I just want to tell other Packer fans, if you can find a radio broadcast for this game, I would prefer listening to that than uh, hearing Beavis and Butthead, a.k.a. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Is that who we have for the Philadelphia game? Yeah. That's rough. And, and Packer fans who are listening to this, do me a, a huge favor when you listen to this, if you if you have to. Uh, listen to Troy's uh, anti-Packer sentiment in the entire the entire football game. He, he, I don't care what he says. He's anti-Packer. Cannot stand that guy. And even though Joe Buck went to Indiana University, I still can't stand his commentary. No, they're rough. They're rough for me to listen to, to be honest. Yeah, and, and you know what? With our luck, they'll probably get the Dallas game too. They will. And uh, in that game, you'll listen to Troy Aikman talk about his uh, time at quarterback for fifty-five percent of the game. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, right. I don't care. That was in the nineties, man. Yeah, no kidding. Emmett Smith carried you the whole way. Exactly. All right. Well, anyways, uh, tune into the game tomorrow, and we'll get our reaction on Friday. Um, keep it here on the Title Town Times and go pack go. Go pack.